episode of Coffee with Kyle. I'm Dana. And I'm Kyle, here to talk to you today about growing up with different backgrounds. All right, for starters, I'm Canadian, you're American. What are your thoughts on that? Well, when you when people talk about it, they don't really think that there's a lot of differences between the two, and I think we saw it firsthand. Obviously, you went to school in the States, so you had a little more experience with that, but I think Americans don't know a lot about Canadians or even like the little things like the Canadian dollars different and to no fault their own. Yeah, to no fault their own. Um there's just a lot of different things that I don't think I was educated about growing up, but I think Canadians do a better job of engrossing themselves in the American culture and being more not worldly, I wouldn't say that, but learning more about the American culture and knowing the differences. Like, for example, like Canadian Thanksgiving. I didn't even know that was a thing. I figured everyone in the world celebrated Thanksgiving in November. I think the biggest difference is that, like I said, to no fault their own, but Canadians are more informed growing up on what American systems are like, American holidays are like, and you understand that a little bit better. Whereas Americans, it's the American way or the highway, pretty much. And... It is what it is, but I don't think that Americans are traditionally taught what Canadian customs are like, even though they're really no different. There's a, an imaginary border, sometimes a lake or a river, dividing the two countries. Sometimes there's nothing other than this imaginary border, but it's two totally different worlds, different holidays, different customs, different experiences. And Canadians just grow up, I think, understanding that a little bit more and being taught that in both Canadian history, American history, and all of those things that follow suit. Whereas Americans, it's just, this is how we do it. This is the American way. And there's really nobody else. And I think being on this quarantine, I think I've learned a lot more and it's kind of become more real since the border is closed right now. Um, and not being able to cross the border, like you said, it's like this imaginary thing because it's not like, to me, it's not like going to Europe and you have to go through customs. Yes, going through customs here is still a process if you don't have um what's it called not global entry nexus sorry I couldn't think of that if you don't have nexus um but I definitely think that a lot of Americans don't really understand not the ways of life but how laid back it is here and differences like for example we're having a kid right and Everyone's like, oh, your baby's going to be dual citizen. Like, they're going to be American and Canadians, like, in Canadian. No, she's just going to be Canadian because she's born here. Um, and people thought, oh, you married Kyle because now you're Canadian. Very also false. Uh, you have to go through a whole long process and lots of paperwork, and it costs an arm and a leg. Um, so, no, I didn't marry Kyle just because he's Canadian. Uh, but on that note, did you ever in your wildest dreams think that you would marry a Canadian? No. Why? I don't know. I just, it's like marrying, marrying a foreigner. <laughs> I'm just Is kidding. American or bust? It's, it's a lot harder than it looks on paper to just be like, oh, now I can live in Canada. Like, no, I'm on a work permit. And it's, it's not as easy as you think it would be like, oh, you can just get a job there. No, you have to go through all the paperwork and... Yeah, Canada is closer than California is to Connecticut, but there's a lot more rules and stipulations, and that in in and of itself 
has been a learning process. The free healthcare here, uh, it's harder to get into a doctor. We've been very fortunate, but it's not like the U.S. And if you don't have your month, not your monthly, your yearly checkups with the doctor here, they're like, you only come to us if you're sick. And for me, I don't really like that. Um, I guess it's a more a different approach. Free health care is a blessing and a curse. Yes. It's good and it's bad. Yeah. So, for example, everything that I do with the ba- for the baby uh, is free. I don't pay for ultrasounds. We don't pay for anything. Doctor's appointments, no co-pays, which has kind of been a foreign thing for me because I'm always used to, like, you go to the dentist, you have a $20 copay. Here, you pay nothing. And your American friends are jealous. Your yes. American family members are jealous. Yes. But there's also benefits to the American side because yes. if you pay for it, you get in, you get the treatment, sometimes better than the Canadian system. But you pay for it, you're going to get what you pay for. Yeah, and I was lucky. My dad, uh, growing up, always had a lot of friends who were doctors, being a workers' comp lawyer. So for me, I literally never waited to go to a doctor. So for me, my patience level is kind of down low. But just it's little things like ultrasounds. I have less ultrasounds than in the States, which is fine. Um, I know my dad will appreciate that, the radioactivity and all of that. But... uh, it's just, it's very different. It, it takes getting used to. I mean, obviously, it's our first child, and the first time that either of us have ever gone through this. So for both of us, it's a learning curve. But going back to your original point, logistically, it's marrying somebody that is American if you're Canadian, Canadian if you're American, whatever it may be. Logistically, it is very difficult. It's not easy to just be in the mindset of, okay, I'm going to marry somebody that is from another country and it's going to be this glamorous, easy process. It's really hard. Like you and I, although this whole situation for us in Halifax worked out really well, it's not always that easy. Right. Lucked out. Yeah. Just like you can sponsor me to become Canadian citizen, but there's a lot of other things that go into it. Lawyers and in getting that approval process and making sure you fill out all the forms correctly. Another perk I want to tell all my American friends about is within most insurances here, so you have the free health care for your normal doctors and your, your regular doctor's appointments, but also with most insurances here, you get like a certain allotted amount for the chiropractor, for the massage, for massage, mas- I can't speak. <laughs> you get a certain allotment for massages, which I think is amazing. Um, but yeah, it's just different little perks, wellness perks that do help you at the end of the day. And then on the other side of things, I think for myself, learning about your native culture and, and that was, you know, you learn about it in school. I grew up in Connecticut, there are reserves, uh, down by the casino, but not to the extent of, of learning about everything. Like when I thought, when you get tax exempt on things, I thought that was the coolest thing ever. (laughs) Again, another great perk, and obviously I'm really lucky with how my family background came to be. I'm not; It's not like I just all of a sudden decided I was going to be Native and that was it, but I think that you bring up a good point because we were talking about this earlier. Not only are you American, but you're also Jewish, and so that throws a whole different wrench into everything else because then on top of you and I talking and thinking about a future together, you're American, I'm Canadian, that's hard enough as it is. Now you're Jewish, I'm Native, I'm also, we're just in totally different places. And so you're trying to bring all of these different cultural backgrounds into one cohesive group for the betterment of your future. Sometimes it doesn't always align. Like Not to totally. say that we've had 
disagreements on anything because I don't think we really have. It's been pretty flawless. We are in pretty much the same mindset on a lot of things, and we agree on a lot. I think it'd be a lot harder to get married if you had these this one side of beliefs and I had a totally different side, and we can never agree on anything. We're really lucky in that regard, but that in itself is another wrench that was thrown into the picture because I told you, I don't even think until I went to Michigan I had even met somebody that was openly Jewish. I probably had met somebody that was Jewish before, but I never met somebody that was like openly Jewish and was proud of it. That's crazy to me. And not that it's crazy, but you go to, I guess, the more Toronto area and there are a lot of Jews there, but Sarnia is obviously a smaller town, but you're so close to Michigan, so you would think, oh, some of them might have migrated over. Um, But yeah, I think you especially have done a good job of being open-minded, like especially for our wedding. And there were a lot of traditions that we got married by a rabbi, um, but he made it a non-denominational wedding as long as we promised to raise our kids Jewish, which we are, um, because you most, it's whatever the mom is, is usually what you raise your kids. Obviously, our kids will celebrate Christmas with Kyle's side of the family, and I think it actually works out perfect for us because we never have to fight about holidays. Easter, Christmas, Canadian Thanksgiving, we all go to, we go to Kyle's, and then for Hanukkah and Yom Kippur, Rosh Hashanah, all those holidays, we can go to my family. So there's no need to fight over holidays and Thanksgiving, and it worked out perfectly. Um, and I think this year is like the first year, like all major holidays are on the weekend. Um, and July 4th, which is my grandmother's favorite holiday. So if you know Gladys Feigenbaum, July 4th is her favorite holiday. She dresses up in her nice uh, red, white, and blue apron that I bought her. Um, tuna casserole is her staple of a meal that Kyle got to try last summer, the summer before. Um but that's nice because you guys celebrate it on July 1st, so it works out perfectly. Um, but also, when we got married, the rabbi went through every all the different traditions, and he was, like, not m- forcing us to do anything. He's like, you can do a little, as little or, or as many as you want from these lists of things. But he went through and explained it because there were some things on there that I didn't know existed or didn't know what the purpose was. Um, and so we tried to integrate both sides. We were going to do a native prayer, um, but we ended up scratching that at the last minute, but trying to incorporate both. And I think especially Rabbi Pincus did a great job making everyone feel welcomed when we signed the ketubah at the beginning, um, before you get married. So for everyone who doesn't know, that's the, um, Jewish marriage license. And even like Kyle's aunt, uh, you pick, like, two people to sign it as witnesses, and it's, like, a huge honor in the Jewish religion. And even Kyle's aunt thought that was, like, the coolest thing ever. Um, and just he explained everything because everyone there wasn't Jewish, and I think educating our families and even stuff like Maya, I'm sure, learned a lot about weddings that she probably didn't know. So I think that was extremely helpful. So big thank you to Rabbi Pincus for that. Even during the whole process, there was a lot of things that he was explaining to us. And whether we knew it or not at the time, while he was going through it, I was sitting there being like, this is awesome. This is really cool. This would be great to have in our wedding. I don't know why we wouldn't do this. And so we were not that we were naive going into it, but we really didn't know a whole lot because the first time we got married, we weren't in the background of other Jewish weddings to really know the background of what goes on. 
And so this was the first time. And every time he was explaining something to us, me not being Jewish, I was like, well, that's really cool. Why would we not incorporate? This is awesome. This is going to incorporate our family in a better regard. It just made so much more sense. And me not knowing anything about the Jewish religion, I knew that we're going to raise our kids Jewish, but I don't think there's anything wrong with that, especially in today's society, because like you said, there's different holidays. They don't overlap. You're never fighting on the holidays. So your kids really get to experience so many different cultures in one relationship, which I don't think is exactly a bad thing. It's not to say that you can't raise your kid one way or the other. We've mutually agreed on how we're going to raise our kids. And obviously when we have our physical kids in our arms, we might have disagreements on how we want to do certain things. But for the time being, especially in 2020, like there's no, there's nothing wrong with having your kids grow up Jewish, native, so many different religions way back when, Yes, there's a was way different. You had to marry within your race, within your whatever it may have been, culture, all those things, right? So you had to do that. Now it's really not that same regard anymore. As long as you honor your background and your upbringing, I think that's extremely important. But I think that our kids are going to be very blessed in the sense that they're going to get to experience a whole whack of different... They're going to know more than their dad. Definitely. <laughs> Growing up at a younger age. But you've learned and you've come to uh, Yom Kippur service, Rosh Hashanah services with us, and you found a lot of similarities between um, being Catholic and being Jewish. Um, while they're two totally different religions, there's a lot of similarities, which has probably made it a little easier for you. Definitely. And when we go to these things, they're, they're really cool. It's not as if when we go to them, I'm like, oh, my God, we have to experience this again. They're awesome. They're great experiences to go through in life, even fasting. When we had to do that, it was the first time I'd ever done that. But it was fun. We're with your family. We're experiencing it together. And that kind of stuff, I think, is is awesome. And it's fun to experience. I would, wouldn't appreciate things like I do if we weren't in the situation that we're in. Totally. I know from my family side of things, another important thing, and my dad, I know, appreciated it, was when you went to Israel for Worlds a few summers ago um, for the World Lacrosse Championships out, outdoors. And that was really important for him because Israel is such an important part of the Jewish religion and learning and in kind of in... Uh, Engulfing yourself? Yeah, into the religion. And even little things like eating hummus or having traditional Israeli foods. I know you didn't really get to go out much, but you did get to go to the Western Wall. And now we're we're watching Kara and Nate on YouTube. If anyone wants to be a little jealous of them, they travel the world. They've been traveling the world for four years now. And even them going to Israel, they said it was eye-opening. And it wasn't, it's not what the TV and the newspapers make it out to be. And I know as a child, I was always so afraid to go to Israel. And I was offered to go for free a lot of times. And I didn't want to go because of what I saw on the TV. But seriously, if you ever get a chance to go to Israel, it was an amazing experience. And it's just as safe as the United States. Okay, I have a serious question on this. And I've never asked you this one. I feel like I say that every podcast. I come up with a question that I've never asked you before. Does that mean we don't talk? (laughs) No, we just don't. This is why we do the podcast, so that we can have these conversations. So you can get me off my phone. Exactly. It worked out perfectly in the sense that I was going to Israel for the worlds. 
it just so happened that it aligned perfectly with everything that was going on. We were about to get married. Do you think that your parents, mainly your dad, would have let us get married had I not had that experience? Because I think that from my perspective and how we talk about it, me going to Israel made him really happy that I got to experience it. Do you think that he would have felt the same about me had I not had that experience? Would it have taken us longer to get <laughs> married? I th- I don't think I think that was a a key point to letting you marry me, but I don't think he'd be like no, no, like that's not happening. Um but I think that like helped and it kind of eased his not his fear, but he's gr- he grew up in the traditional sense and where Jews marry Jews, Catholics marry Catholics, and not that it's wrong or it's right, and I think in today's society, it's evolving, and I think it's becoming more common, like, his sister um, didn't marry someone who was Jewish, and my uncle didn't marry someone who was Jewish, so I think, I think it's good that they kind of set the foundation, but I think you going to Israel did help. I don't know, we'd have to ask him. (laughs) I'd be interested to know. I don't know if... I, I mean, the, we're married now, so it's, <laughs> we can ask him. Yeah, <laughs> he can't take the rings back. But I think the other thing is that you were so open to... come. Like, you didn't even hesitate coming to temple with us and celebrating the high holidays with us. I think that's huge. I think if you were standoffish and you weren't open to trying new things and you don't have to do Passover with us, but you chose to do it because it's something different and you want to learn and you care. And I think that's important. I think if you were closed minded, his opinion would be a little different. Um, Our schedules are so busy with lacrosse and everything that we don't get to travel. And so the way that I look at a lot of things is that the more cultured I can be within the confines of five, 10, 50 kilometers, a quick plane ride somewhere, the better off that I'll be. So although it's within our family now, like getting to experience those, I don't have to necessarily go all the way to Israel to experience something like that. Totally. I can be with your family. You can be with my family. We can experience two totally different things, but we don't have to travel around the world to do it. And so we can be more cultured in a smaller environment. I think maybe if if he was hesitant, he'd be like, well, maybe if you go to Israel on your honeymoon, that'll be good enough. Or you promise to go to Israel at some point. I don't know. You know my dad. <laughs> but the other tipping point was that you're nice to bogey, so that's all that matters. Anyone that knows... The Feigenbaum family knows that Bogey trumps everybody else. If you're nice to Bogey, you appreciate Bogey, you acknowledge Bogey, you'll be perfectly okay. <laughs> you might get some presents too. Happy belated birthday to my dog Bogey, 13 years old. Had his bark mitzvah. <laughs> bark mitzvah. I've never heard of that before, but that was good. Jerry Amodio. That was his his comment, so I can't steal that. But yeah, no, I think I think it's been a learning process for my dad and my whole family and I think it's a, we're getting there. I think in today's society, it's not becoming, I think he was happy to know that we were going to raise our kids Jewish. I think that was also an important thing for him and carry on the Jewish religion because that's extremely important to him. And even another thing that we were talking about is, so for the baby, Jews are very superstitious about presents. So you're not allowed to have anything until the baby is born, like, you don't even have a baby shower, which I learned. I didn't know that. Yeah, in which, to my family, obviously being totally different, 
had no idea. And so when we first heard of that, my parent obviously we hadn't bought anything yet, so it was convenient enough that no one had splurged and bought us a ton of stuff. But this for you and I was probably one of the first times that different religions really ever impacted things, not in a negative way, but made a drastic difference because the way that I looked at it, I was wondering like if you can't buy anything, like how are you supposed to possibly be prepared for a child? Like one of the most significant things that can ever happen in your life, and this is the time where you're not supposed to have stuff. I it couldn't process well, you, with me. You need like a car seat to bring the baby home in, and like it, if anyone knows Halifax or even mail in general today, it's so slow. We order things. I ordered like leggings from Amazon, um, maternity leggings, and they took an extra week longer. So I think. With what's going on in this pandemic right now, I think it is important to have some stuff ordered. The bare minimum, my mom said, if it's returnable. I hope my dad's not listening to this. Um, but the bare minimum, but that is returnable and you don't wash anything until you get home. Because if I waited on the mail, our baby would be naked all the time. We would have nothing. We would have nothing. Also because a lot of stuff isn't open. We have no idea when stuff is going to open. A lot of places are like even Bye Bye Baby, for example, is just it's not open, but you can call and have stuff picked up. But we we don't have children, so we don't know what anything is like. We don't know what a rocking chair is like to sit in, if it's worth the investment or if it's not. So there's a lot of things that unfortunately with the time that we're in are a lot more difficult. But this was one of the times where you and I were really culture shook, culture shook, culture shock. Yeah. We're in a culture shock, I think yeah. is how we should phrase and I, it. And I didn't know that either. And I think, and I talk to people who are very religious, like I have a friend who just had a baby, and she did have a shower, and her parents are very religious, and I think it's becoming more progressive to have showers if you're not orthodox. Um, I personally wanted to have a shower. I don't think even with this pandemic going on, I'll be able to, but... I just felt like after I have the baby, I'm not going to want to have a shower. I'm going to be sleepless. I'm going to not be comfortable. It's just I'm going to have the baby. Anywho, I don't think with this pandemic going on, I'll be able to even leave the country anytime soon. With that being said, obviously my religion is important to me and I want to respect my parents' beliefs and Obviously, you need to get, and I think my dad's understanding, like, the baby needs to come home in the hospital from something. You can't carry the baby home from, I mean, we live close enough. We could probably carry the baby home from the hospital. But regardless, um, I think that's been a culture shock. The other thing that Kyle's learned is naming the baby. And the Jewish religion is very important to name it after someone, but they have to be deceased. So naming it after someone who's alive is almost like an insult. Um, which in his religion, it's like an honor to be named after, like you're named after your uncle. It's an honor to be named after someone. So that's a little bit different. And my mom's told me like, you don't have to have the full name. Like my grandfather's name was Sam. Doesn't have to be Samantha, but some like use the first letter of the name. Uh, So we've been brainstorming on names. If anyone has any suggestions, please let us know. I think we talked about it in the last podcast. It is still the hardest thing that we've had to do, trying to figure out how, what to name your child, the origin of it, what the meaning is. There's so many different things that go into it. You don't want to screw them up for life just based on their name. Yeah. I wish we could name her when she was 10 years old. Now, we've talked about 
religious backgrounds, you being Jewish, Native, American, Catholic, Canadian, we've covered the majority of that. We've also talked about upbringing of our children, different cultures, different religions, different holidays, experiences. We've talked about birth, what to have, what to not have, bare minimum, bare minimum. I don't know that there's much else that we need to cover in today's podcast. That the point of today was to really cover religious backgrounds, our cultural backgrounds, that upbringing. I think we've done so in a decently short manner, but we've covered a lot. Biggest thing, I think, is that what you and I have realized is if you do not see eye to eye on things before you get married, it's going to be extremely difficult to move forward in your marriage and be able to raise a family or grow as a couple. Totally. But you and I, both being receptive to each other's cultural upbringings, I think has made everything really easy. Not easy. Well, I'm going to say easy for us because it really hasn't been that difficult. You've been receptive. I've been receptive. And I think that our children are going to be better off than what you and I were because now they're going to have the knowledge that you had previously and they're not going to be in a position that I was unknowing of a majority of things in life. So that's pretty much it for today. Um, Cultural upbringings, they're real. You need to talk about them. They're meaningful. But that's going to be it for today's podcast. And we'll see you guys again next week. Bye.